calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. I'm a big fan of therapy, honestly. Yeah. Like... Talk it out. I'd rather it be out than in. It's like a fart, you know. Just don't kill yourself. <laughs> Therapy. It's like a fart. <laughs> <laughs> New tagline. Gotta let it out. <laughs> Better out than in. <laughs> I'm diking out. You're diking out. Let's dike out together. See what it's all about. Diking out. Diking out. Diking out. Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, a podcast hosted by two queers who can no longer legally fire each other for being big old dykes. I'm Carolyn Bergier. And I'm Melody Kamali. And today we're diking out with podcaster and lovely human Jarell Tate about self-love. Jarell, a.k.a. Auntie Hennessy, is one of the three hosts of the Minority Report podcast, that's T-E-A, and Melody and I are on this week's episode, so listen to that episode right after you're done listening to this, because Keep it, going. it was so much fun. We had such a great time, so much so that we're like, we just need to have we you missed on. you. Yeah. <laughs> it was honestly so much fun. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Some of the most fun I've had in quarantine, I swear. I have not felt that joy. <laughs> yeah, I got off of that time. call and I was just like with my fiance and I was like, oh my God, that was so much fun. They need to come back. I just, uh, I felt like I literally had like met you guys before, like for a first yeah. time impression. It was like out of the park. I was like, okay. Yeah, I, mean, I know. It was like too easy. I was <laughs> yes. like, I cannot wait to travel to be able to like meet you in person. <laughs> and if like, you're ever in Seattle, tr- trust. I got I you. I was last summer. I was oh, doing man. comedy out there. Did you like it? I did. Yeah, that was my yeah. second time to Seattle. And I, I like Seattle a lot. Yeah, it's a yeah. cool. It's a cool place. I mean, everyone kind of minds their business, and you know, they kind of just go with the wind. If it's blowing this way, everyone's over there. If it's blowing that way, then you know. But yeah, it's cute, and no yeah. humidity, so I need that because I'm a little on the bigger side. So you know, she can't be sweating. <laughs> so <laughs> get I out like a it. little bit on the bigger side. I know it's just Zoom, but <laughs> <laughs> look, and Zoom, we all look the same. So right. <laughs> Okay, big announcement before we start talking about stuff. 
we had mentioned we are putting on a virtual Pride show, and that is happening this week, Thursday, June 25th at 8 p.m., and ticket proceeds are going to benefit the Okra Project, which provides home-cooked meals by black trans chefs for the black trans community, and then they're also providing other services. They do a lot of education. They do some mental health care stuff. A really cool organization. Melody, you saw them speak at the big rally in Brooklyn? Yeah, I saw some of their leadership speak at this rally at the Brooklyn Museum. It felt historic. Uh, there was like 15,000 people. I don't know. Wow. Everyone's probably seen the pictures by now. Everyone was dressed in white yep. to honor the lost black trans lives to police brutality. We had a big rally with leaders from a lot of black LGBTQ led organizations and the okra project was one of them which is why i really wanted to just donate all the money yeah from our show yeah so you can find the link for tickets on our facebook or our instagram we are going to be doing this on zoom so that you can all chat during the show in the comments and you can dance around because we're gonna have a dj dj shaw savage who's one of my favorite djs in new york who's gonna be keeping the energy up so it's gonna be a party we're trying to make it as fun as a zoom show can be so we've got a dj and we have some of your favorite past guests including jess henderson from the much beloved plants episode legendary legend Allie clayton who is famously (laughs) Melody's girlfriend, but also hilarious in so many ways. That was from the uh, Femme for Femme episode, for those of you just tuning in. And then Rita Brent from our internalized homophobia episode, which may have been a little bit heavy, but Rita is just joy personified. So happy to have her. And can't believe we have this person performing, but we have... Tao Gwen from Tao and the Get Down Stay Down. If you haven't heard her latest album, it's so good. Temple, it's out now, and she's going to be performing on the show. Melody and I have both seen her in concert before. Yeah. This is crazy. Her music got me through college. This is like full circle. I'm very excited. Good, good get. Yeah, yeah. We're very pumped about that. And we might have another. Performer, We're trying to add a little surprise element. So get your tickets now. And yeah, at the end of it, since we'll be on Zoom, we'll have a little after party and then we're going to record it. And if you can't make it for the live part of the show, you can still buy a ticket and we'll give you a link to where you can watch it at a different time. And you can just dance by yourself, I guess. <laughs> so come do that. It's a great way to uh, wrap up this crazy Pride Month. Jarrell, tell us a little bit more about the Minority Report podcast. Yeah, absolutely. It's like a, it's a little baby. Myself, Corell, and Duan uh, started it a little over a year ago. I met Corell at one point. The three of us either lived or frequent Chicago quite often, and so that's kind of where we all met. <laughs> Great. And then the next thing I know, we're like. The three of us should get a, we should do a podcast together. And I guess those two had already been wanting to do it. So technically, I'm like the Michelle of the group. Like (laughs) Beyonce and Kelly were already there and they just needed the third person. And I was like, 
I mean, lay down these vocals, I guess, you know. <laughs> so, like, can you handle this? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we just really wanted to create a space for queer POC people to gather and just be able to talk about some of the things that we kind of go through as gay black men, you know, and just come together. Because quite often we don't feel like there's a, a true space for us in the queer community. And so our podcast is to make those who kind of have that same feeling that we do feel like they're welcome somewhere. And, you know, just also talk on everything from like politics to sports to pop culture to just, you know, crazy life lessons and questions and stuff like that. So it's been my therapy <laughs> for free, which yeah, is oh, nice. <laughs> Honestly, I I love those guys so much, and if one person listens, that's great. If no one listens, that's great, too. I just, I do it because I get to work with two people that I love the most and that have taught me so much in the last five years of my life that I wouldn't be who I am today. So it's just a great opportunity for me to come with two of my favorite people in the world. I mean, yes. you guys have such great chemistry and and also what I like about it is kind of a, a similar thing to diking out is just showing that it's not like a, a monolith, right? That mm-hmm. you have very different opinions on things, even though uh, a lot of times like society lumps us into being like, oh, well, you're all the same because you're all lesbians or you're all black gay men right. and and kind of breaking that down and showing that, you know, we're all individuals within this community and and that's okay that we don't fit certain stereotypes Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely I mean like myself I'm kind of like the (laughs) I'm like the wild one (laughs) Corel's like the DJ music behind the scenes he'll tell you who produced everything I'm like what you read the credits like the show's (laughs) over with like go home (laughs) you know we're trying to guess his sign after we're like he's an earth he's an earth sign yeah (laughs) I want to say I think he's a Pisces damn it (laughs) (laughs) cut cut this out all right (laughs) yeah then you got Dewan who is like a true Leo who is like very like by the book and like you know let's get things done and at the same time just have like these huge heart that you're like I just want to hug you <laughs> you know yeah. like he brings like we call him we call him uh, Auntie Grace because sometimes Curl and I will go back and forth and he'll be like so this is missing like an element of grace which is like <laughs> yeah I need to bring it from like a 10 to a 2 <laughs> and we're like okay time out oh. <laughs> we're good <laughs> So yeah, we all have our little roles. I love it. (laughs) That's great. And when we were recording, you were saying that for Juneteenth that you were organizing a march? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yes. Tell us about that. Yeah, we want to hear about it. Yeah. So yesterday we had our march uh, on Juneteenth for called Justice for Black Lives um, in Seattle. And we had like over 600 people show up for this march. It was amazing. amazing. Congrats. Yeah. Especially since we, we, I think we started it like 13 days prior to it. So like not even a full two weeks of planning. And we were able to get two state senators, a, a city councilman. Yeah. We had a young lady who has been in the music industry come and sing. Um, She's done, I think she was like, did background vocals on like a tour with Prince or someone. Like she's like, you know, she's saying, and she's saying the Negro National Anthem and then we marched for like two miles. It was just amazing. And it was just full of love and tears as well. Cause it was crazy just hearing some of the speakers, you know, have their moments, but at the same time being like, damn, how do we have the same story and we're two different people? You know, mm-hmm. so you find yourself being like, 
kind of opening wounds again because you're like, well, I got to, I came to terms with it happening to me. You know, like if it happens to me, I'm glad it's not happening to someone else. And then you mm-hmm. find out it is happening to someone. And you're like, fudge. Yeah. How is this life like? And it's still life. Like 201 years later, after you know slavery was abolished, like, yeah, <laughs> crazy. Yeah. But, yeah, so it was a great turnout. It made me feel part of Seattle. I've only been here for two years, so it was crazy to feel so connected and being able to really call this home now by being a part of something so huge. Right. I feel like any type of political activism like makes you feel connected to the city you're yes. in and like getting involved with like local like city council and and things like that. Things are so crazy right now. I, I told Melody earlier I really regret being on Twitter today, <laughs> I saw that that in Seattle, yeah. one or two people were shot. Yeah, they were killed. Um, and, the, and the Chaz, or some people call it CHOP, it's the area where the citizens kind of drove out the police at the, at the precinct there. And it's, it's actually really beautiful because I went there after our march, which waking up and seeing that on the news today, it was just like what? That's not what I saw yesterday. Right. But it's a beautiful place where they've like literally just have up all sorts of signs and people are camped out. They started like a community garden, um, like a neighborhood night watch. And, you know, there's a kitchen and food and stuff like that for the community and medics and everything. And so to hear that there was an active shooter, like in a place of peace, you know, it's like, Good grief. (laughs) Like you're doing the exact opposite of what the purpose of, (laughs) you know, which is makes it even that much more necessary to have safe spaces because people don't care and people need to care and people need to feel safe, you know, but yeah, you know, I, it was crazy because I like a couple weeks ago, I was like reading like, um, something on Twitter. It said like, this is the first time in like since like 2006 or something like that, where we went four months without like an active shooter and like a, in, a, in a school, you know, it was just like, how was that like a stat? Like, how are we keeping track of something like that? It shouldn't be on anyone's radar to track how often we are having active, you know, shooters in our schools. Like, yeah, yeah. it's only because the schools are closed. Yeah, yeah, yeah literally. Like, yeah. That's actually yeah, it's like the one nice thing about COVID. Thanks, Rona. You're saving our children. Like, yeah, for real. <laughs> Oh, man, I didn't even know that happened. I told Carolyn earlier today I know. Uh, I was taking a little break from the news. I don't look at the news for, what, 12 hours, and <laughs> I think I missed so much. Yeah, like, I didn't see a lot of information coming out related to that. Like, there's so mm-hmm. many, like, half stories coming out and around the, the whole country, and it's really hard sometimes to, like, keep up with what's happening, and everything just feels like a, a fire hydrant. One crazy thing that I was seeing was so many white people and white queer people owning up to not knowing about Juneteenth until this year. And I was really surprised. I I saw Hannah Hart, a queer YouTube star personality. She posted that 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 was her first year. I'm like, you are on Twitter. How have you (laughs) never seen... This trending, how do you not know about this? But it's it's just, it's real crazy. I think uh, it's because of Pride Month. You know, it shares Pride Month. So a lot of, you know, most of the people in our community, in the queer community, June comes around and it's just about celebrating who you are. And so it's kind of, you know, I understand how some people can get lost loving themselves that they stop to think about other people because you're focusing on loving yourself. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just like, 
it's everywhere in social media. And like, how do you not know at least one or two black folks to let you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it's crazy. Here too. Like, follow a couple people on on social media. <laughs> I mean, literally everyone... follow Erica Badu. Just do oh, that. I love her. <laughs> Come on, bag I, lady. <laughs> I was just listening to that. I've spent all day today not watching the news and. Uh, watching all of her quarantine concert series. I don't know if you've seen she's been doing these yeah. bedroom oh, yes. sessions. So fucking Did good. you see the verses with her and Jill Scott? Jill Scott? Yes. That's the one I watched. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's all everything. I'd seen until today. And then today I was like, fuck it. I just have to watch all of them. <laughs> and she's just drunk and like... <laughs> freestyling on a lot of her like biggest hits too. It, oh, so good. Uh, um, but yeah, follow her. You'll probably find out about Juneteenth. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's been on, I'm an Apple user. It's always been on the iOS calendar, Juneteenth. And mm-hmm. I remember a while back Googling it cause I didn't grow up like learning about it, but it's like, did you, I know so many people saw Juneteenth on their iOS. Right. It's been there for a long time and you just were like what I'm just gonna move along with my day apparently it's a holiday I know we don't celebrate it like in corporate America or like you don't get the days off for it but still like just google it (laughs) yeah and and now I see a lot of black people are are rightly afraid that it's gonna become Cinco de Mayo oh no I know that's why I was Don't like, do it. I was like, I'm just gonna be quiet on Juneteenth. That's like, I hope everyone's enjoying themselves, but I don't want to partake in this. It's not for me, and just happy for everyone enjoying. It. <laughs> I had uh, this man like offer to pay for my groceries yesterday on Juneteenth. No, and, yeah, and I was I like, love it. I was like, that's awesome. I was like. But this is like $150 worth of groceries, sir. No, thank you. Like, it's not some chance. Like, if it was like a meal, like, you know, like some Chipotle or something, like, you know, 10 bucks, sure, thank you. But 150 yeah. bucks go a long way. But it was just nice to see someone being like, you know, like, it's Juneteenth and I want to pay it forward or, you know, pay it back, you know, to a person of color, you know, to a black person like that. And I was just like... Okay, that was really yeah. cool, you know? That makes me think I was listening this week to um, an episode of Reply All. Uh, I don't know if either of you listened to that podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's on Gimlet, and they were talking about basically black people being weirded out by white people, either strangers or acquaintances, Venmoing them money <laughs> the past few weeks. And they're like, why this makes me feel weird. Also, this is like a very small amount. What what am I supposed to do with this? And be like with notes, like buy a coffee. And I I listened to it because I was like, oh no, because I Venmoed people, but I Venmoed people who put up their Venmos yes. and they're friends yeah. of mine who I haven't been able to see because they like live in LA. So, uh, you know, I'm like... I know you're stressed out if you want to get a bottle of wine, like here's 15 bucks or, you know, other things. And then I'm like, "Ah, am I part of the problem? And then it's like, well, some people are saying, give us money. And then other people are like, don't do that. That makes me not a monolith. Again, not not a monolith. (laughs) No, that's so true. Like, honestly, it. Like, I have a bunch of family and friends who've done that, too. Like, on Juneteenth, they're like, oh, you know, you can, you know, send me some money. And I'm personally like, I don't want your money. Like, in yeah. me, in my mind, I'm like, um, I'm doing just fine. I don't need your help. Um, yeah. You know, like, I would rather, like, someone, like, donate to an organization that, that goes to, you know, towards helping people right. that truly need the help. Like, right. 
I am fortunate and blessed enough to be where I am and have what I am, you know, what I have today. I don't need more. I'm good. I'm <laughs> life is good over here. I think my takeaway was only do it to people who outright ask. Yeah. And do, and don't do it to some unsuspecting person who's gonna spend their day being like, why? Like some people were getting it from like exes that they, you know, like Ooh. white exes they <laughs> dated in college because they went to a mostly white school and like <laughs> haven't talked to them in years. It was crazy. And then also one of the people they interviewed was Millie Tamiras, who is a, a comedian that Melody and I know here in New York, who after Trump was elected, made this sketch that was about it was just like, I will absolve you of your white guilt if you Venmo me. And it was just a, a sketch that she did, but she actually put her real Venmo and people started Venmoing her. And then she was posting screen grabs being like, you, Charles yeah. Webster, are like, absolved officially. of your white guilt, uh, blah, blah, blah. You know, so she was doing that and they interviewed her. I don't know. It's funny and wild. <laughs> <laughs> I miss that. I'm gonna have to check that out. But that replay all. I'm gonna have to look at that because I definitely felt some kind of way. And I was like, am I then at first for a second, I was like, am I not black enough? Like, should I want this? Like, I was questioning my own self. Like, do I need your help? Wait, are we okay? <laughs> like, it, all right. it was really funny because the host actually called the one white friend of one of the women who received a small amount of money from a college acquaintance. And then asked him, like, did you think about how this would make her feel? Like, what what did you think that this money would do for her? Why did you do it? What are you doing now? Are you actually, like, going to protest? Are you doing it? And it's, like, a very awkward conversation. It's very good. I, I recommend it. No doubt. So everybody has three podcasts to listen to this. Right. Yeah, this one, Minority <laughs> Report, and uh, last week's Reply All. <laughs> Yeah, I guess another big thing that happened this week is that the Supreme Court ruled to say that you can't fire people based on their gender, sex, sexual orientation, that that's all protected. And everybody was celebrating. I think my my mom put it best when she was like, it's really dumb that this had to be one with the Supreme Court case. <laughs> we really got rights because of semantics. Like they yeah. took that you know, language from laws about not discriminating on based on sex against like women in the workplace. And that uh, decided it applies to the LGBTQ population. Great. Yeah. I mean, I'm not complaining as yeah. always. Fuck Brett Kavanaugh, you know, who oh, voted right. against it. Um, of course we, I will never ever forgive this country for him, Nope. but otherwise some pretty decent news after, you know, a few weeks of just nothing but horrible news. Yeah. That's it. We expect a dumpster fire after dumpster fire. So it was kind of surprising to have like a couple of decisions that were like, oh, OK, this is actually the right thing to do. Finally. Yeah, I didn't know how to react to good news. Like I didn't yeah. know how to take it. Right. Because it should have been like just common sense. <laughs> like right. this is this is the norm. Like like marriage is legal. Like why aren't right. the rest of the rights following along with it. Like, it, they just go hand in hand. Like, it makes any sense. But I was like, of course, leave it to them to try to find a loophole to take any of our stuff. So, like, mm -hmm. yeah. the fact being that it was passed, I was like, okay, all right. But just stay vigilant, because if it's not yeah. this, I'm sure they're going to try to take something else. So. Sure. <laughs> 
Yeah. Stay vigilant. <laughs> Hate just, doesn't give up. That's the theme of 2020. I wish you would. I wish you would give up. That would I be know. nice. <laughs> it takes <laughs> like so just, much effort. Why? Yeah. Just take a long, long nap. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I go on the internet, I'm like, why would anybody pick this? Like, you can choose to be nice, and it really doesn't take much. Oh, my God. And to be, like, kind, and then people just really go, like, above and beyond to be trash. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, all the time. I've been looking at these Instagram accounts, Karen's in the Wild, or... I just oh, got turned on to them. Oh, my God. Well, at first, it's like, oh, my God, what a silly, stupid Karen. She's just, you know, yelling at these... You know, kids of color for driving in a toy car and saying they don't have their driver's license. That was an actual video. Yeah. But then it goes from that to just the most hateful shit you've ever seen. Like just women screaming. Like the one without the mask. Did you see oh that one? Oh my God. Coughing yeah. on people in the, in a story. They called her out because she didn't have a mask on and she got mad. And then she went to the person's face and literally coughed in their face. And yep. she's like, F you, F you. And then like, she didn't know the person was filming. Cause as soon as she saw the camera, she was like, Oh, and then she dipped. Yep. She dipped. Yeah. She just kept oh, it cool. Man. I was like, mm. yeah, that's 10 minutes from me. <laughs> was it really? Yeah, Astoria, Queens. I, I didn't think that was New York. I just assumed it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a tweet that was like, you know, white women have been calling black women Shanene, Laquisha, Shaniqua in a demeaning manner since the 1980s. Latinas were called Consuela, Guadalupe, Maria, and Asian women were called Ling Ling, but white women can't handle being called Karen for 11 months. Oh, that's a like, read. <laughs> that is a read. Yeah. I'm here for that. Like, for real. <laughs> I screenshotted that, and I wish I saw the handle on it. <laughs> I loved it so much. I'll Venmo that person for sure. I know. Good. Okay, you get some Venmo money. <laughs> I will say that I'm a little bit sad that so there's like Becky is like that's a younger Karen <laughs> yeah problematic white woman Karen and apparently they're tarnishing the good name Susan to be the older problematic white woman and Jarrell Susan is what we call our listeners they're all Susans oh yeah Carolyn has a theory yeah I have a theory <laughs> that like for like gay men like the most popular name is Richard and then for uh, lesbians it's Susan at least like old school it was and okay. like there are a lot of fictional characters is it because of dicks is that why? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. Good instinct. Okay. Like, I was like. <laughs> it, it's like on TV, the characters are always named. Like they're, I just feel okay. like there are a lot of gay Richards or references to gay Richards. And then there are a lot of gay women named Susan. And it was just like a weird thing that I was noticing. And then I worked with three different lesbian Susans. And then I'm like, maybe there's something to this. Behind this, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we call our listeners Susans, and now they're all like, uh-oh, we don't know if we want to be called Susans anymore. And I'm like... Oh. I mean, like, it, it's if like <laughs> Susan's also a look, you know? Kind of like the manager haircut, you know? Like, if you're going to be a Susan, you have to have, like, the full-on look. It's not just the name. It's the personality, <laughs> the sass, the ignorance yeah. that comes behind it that makes you that kind of Susan. <laughs> yeah, no, our Susan, like Susan, for us, Yo. it's genderless. Melody wants to change Susans. You're ready to ditch it. What do you want to call it? <laughs> I joined the podcast after Carolyn named the listener Susans, and <laughs> one day I think I like had a couple glasses of wine and I could 
confessed. I was like, I'm not really down with Susan. <laughs> I was like, it's a really white name, and I don't like, know. Susan can't get it. No. And so mm-hmm. now that this is happening, people are calling older Karen Susans. I'm like, see. Um, I feel like but, Melody started it. Melody started the campaign to derail Susan because I want to rename our listeners. Well, I guess we could put it up to a Democratic vote. <laughs> Yeah, we'll start a poll. How about that on our social media? (laughs) I don't know. But you know how you said Richards are the gay men? Yeah. For me, it's not like one name for specifically white gay men. I feel like they don't have one name that's common. It's just that they all go by their full name. Yes. Like they hate nicknames. Christopher. Steven. This is a huge generalization, but yeah, Jeffrey. Yes. Like, you know, Jonathan. It's never John. It's never like, it's Michael. Like, it's just, yes. why, what is that? That's a thing to me, I think. I mean, <laughs> most of the white gays that I know all go by girl. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. <laughs> yeah. How you doing, girl? Yeah, they do. <laughs> they watch uh, one RuPaul's Drag Race. Literally. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Though I am watching this season of All Stars, and it's pretty good so far. I have only seen like four episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race. Like, oh yeah, four. like it all time of all. Yeah, like I've just only seen four, and it was because same. My I've friend, seen two. Mercedes and mine Diamond was on. Um, oh really? Couple, yeah, she was on Love a it. couple seasons ago. So I was like, I'm gonna support my friend. Other yeah. than that, I just don't get some of the references and pop culture and not. I had to have it explained. My last roommate before my girlfriend and I moved in together was a white gay man. And so he got me into it. So I watched a few seasons starting with like the last couple. But since quarantine, they're, I, they're on Hulu. And mm. that's all I did for the first few weeks of quarantine. Like I want to get into it, but I need like someone to school me in it too. You know, like it's like it is school. Yeah. It's like homework. Oh, I hate homework. I was so bad at school. Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> that's a chop for me. <laughs> Let's talk about the gayest thing we did this week, Jarrell. Do you want to start? What's the gayest thing you did this week? Oof. Probably just walking around in my house in a wig, like cleaning. Like Yes. Like like the listeners (laughs) can't see, but like I am bald headed. I got no hair. I have a hat on as imaginary bundles. (laughs) But (laughs) like I Do you love a wig? I do. And 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 Mm -hmm. Dewan, Auntie um um Auntie Chardonnay got me my first wig like six months ago. And I'm now at seven wigs. Like Ooh, oh, I yes. love it. You've yes. been converted. Yes. So I, I don't know. For some reason, I love like walking around my house like in a wig. I've also been watching Legendary on HBO Max. And so like I have the wig on and I'm like bogan and I'm giving like hair choreography, you know, because it's one of the choreography. Car- yes. You know, I'm like twirling. <laughs> oh, that's that's pretty gay. But yeah, that and like voguing in my living room. Like I just <laughs> been on it. No reason. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Carolyn. The gayest thing I did this week, I think, oh, it's still a toss up. Just doing too many gay things. I, I got a new staple gun and <laughs> <laughs> yep. had to get a new the staple gun. Dikeiest thing you've done. Yeah, yeah. And I upholstered a cushion for this seating area I'm doing. <laughs> so, so that was pretty gay. But I also ordered a Tegan and Sarah face mask. Which is also okay. very gay. Very, yeah, uh, very much. Yeah. Melody? I was going to say that march I went to last Sunday, Brooklyn Liberation, the march from the Brooklyn Museum to Fort Greene. But yeah, I went with my friends, a bunch of queers of color. It was beautiful. And our friend Justin had his mask on, but he just, he was like, 
don't worry, guys. I have antibodies. And I got my first hug from a friend in months. Mm. Like, my first hug that wasn't my girlfriend. He was like, it's fine, it's fine. I have antibodies. And I took the risk. I really wanted a hug. He works out. He's got big muscles. It was the best hug. Justin gives a good <laughs> hug. He does. I'm next. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I almost want to, like, drop his Instagram so you could look at his muscles. J Cove one Anyways. Yes. Um, <laughs> On it. Uh, <laughs> He's cute. Yeah, we're all like marching. Don't worry. I have I have antibodies. And then we get a text from him two days later. I was like, guys, I woke up with a hundred and one point something fever. I have body aches. So we all freaked out and got tested and I'll find out soon. Does he have it? Did he get tested again or is he just And he got tested feel- again and he got negative. So now he's like, Did I get strep? Or Me like- too. No, I think I think the Rona symptoms they they stay with you. I was fine for a month, and then I started after like a couple of weeks of protesting and being out and walking. All my symptoms came back. Yeah, you just have to like take it super easy. Yeah, yeah. That friend who went like I think he's on like week nine of symptoms for real. Like it's yeah. been just such a long journey, and he's like, I'm finally like go for a walk, you know, yeah. and like have a drink of wine without feeling like I'm about to like pass out. I'm like, oh my God, stay over there, girl. I have a glass of wine for you. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't, I won't count that. um, Let's say the gayest thing I did this week was find out that Raven Simone went ahead and got married without telling us she even was like, with this person, <laughs> I was a huge Raven Simone fan. I felt some kind of way. I, I was like, who is this woman? Who is this Miranda Pearman Madey? I Google searched her. I stalked this woman for as long as I could, trying to find anything I could on the internet. That's got to be because the, the article thing. didn't say anything about her. No. I looked at no, it. No, I can't mm-hmm. find much. Um, I got on my LinkedIn recruiter account I have <laughs> for my job. <laughs> I tried to track her down. I was like, what is this for? This is exactly. Exactly. Like, I'll get fixated on finding out more about a lesbian. Like, when the Whitney Houston documentary came out and we were learning about Robin. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. I went on the deepest dive. And this is before, you know, Robin came out with her book and people were really, like, talking about her. I found out too much information about her. Like, I found out where she lived. I was on her wife's, you know, LinkedIn. Sending her birthday cards. (laughs) (laughs) So if I ever need a PI, I'm going to contact you. Seriously. (laughs) I get I slam coffee and I don't get get off Google. It's crazy. It's so, part of why yeah. I picked her as co-host is that <laughs> Melody is like a internet sleuth and <laughs> she will not leave any fact be ambiguous. She will Google and yeah, get to the I bottom think, of any question. Like you catalog your Susans. I don't know. I think I was partly like just how did I, I there's a lesbian I didn't know about and I should have known about and like yeah like that's how I felt with Robin that's how I feel with Raven's wife like I need to know yeah but you knew that Raven was a was queer yes she doesn't like labels but yeah 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 I learned I, I learned that from that. the view I learned that from her on the view <laughs> oh yeah yeah I was a that's a Raven fan too me like, too I mean I, just, I was too old I was I was a touch too old to yeah, be watching same. it but I had a sister who was a couple years younger than me and she was maybe a touch too old so it's like I would watch with her all the time and then slowly watch by myself and I've freaking look that show. no shame i've actually watched the the reboot of raven really Work. yeah raven's home it's cute it's cute i have a couple friends who write for it and i want 
that job <laughs> or do I or I do I just want to enjoy it as a fan probably <laughs> yeah I like it is it cute I it got is. Disney plus and I haven't really watched much on it so that's a good idea I get lost in those apps it's like there's just so much on there there's I'm like what do I do uh, too many yeah. options I'm just gonna read. No, oh, that's a lie. Nice. I ain't reading nothing. That's a lie. Let me take that back. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> yeah, the Susan's gonna think I'm a liar now. My bad, y'all. <laughs> I'm reading um, my phone. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm trying to read. I'm trying to read in quarantine now. Um, after watching all of the Drag Race, I'm reading Samantha Irby. Do you know that is? She's a black mm-hmm. queer writer. She writes personal essays. She was kind of big in the Chicago storytelling scene. Chicago had a huge live lit. Scene, so it wasn't you know stand up more just like stories. They could be funny. They could be so tragic. Really cool community of storytellers, and she was the top of that. And now she's got like three books out, and they're hilarious. That sounds pretty gay too. But I'm gonna have to say that Jarrell cleaning with a a wig <laughs> makes you yeah that takes the cake. Gay champion of the week. You win. Oh, oh, oh my no. god. <clears throat> Thank oh, we you. got a trophy. Okay, come on now. Pose. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can't I can't pass it oh to you my to pose God. with. But this is the gay champion of the week trophy Why that, did you do that a listener made it for us. Uh a married Susan and her wife. They, I love that. They own a trophy business called Winning Awards, and you can go to winningawards.net for all your trophy needs. But she contacted me and was like, if you want an award for the gayest thing, I can make a trophy. I'm like, yes, please. Yeah. And yes. Uh, I got to help design it. Oh, my God. Am I the first one getting the trophy? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's been a look. It's been a long time since I had a first, so this is nice. I like this feeling. It is the debut of us sort of awarding the trophy. We only have one, so but it's with I you in spirit. I love it. Yes. Uh, I picked the gayest <laughs> topper that I could. Yeah, you did. Like that. <laughs> it's genderless. It's flexible. It's very fluid. Yeah, Strike I'm, a pose. I'm here for all of it. Yes. Pose. Great. Um, well, this week we're talking about self-love. Yeah, that's an appropriate topic for Pride Month. Definitely, we kind of touched on it. This is the month to love yourself, but also know about Juneteenth. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, plug. But yeah, no, I'm a I'm a big fan of self love. Like this week, uh, we're wrapping up like Men's uh, Mental Health Awareness Week, which also falls along with I think it's like the same week of Father's Day each year. And so you know, like I've been really focusing on just making sure like to stay balanced, you know, mentally, physically, and emotionally, you know, cause it's very easy today. Like these days to get burnt out. Like you turn on the TV, like Oof. death, you turn on the TV, politics, lies, bull crap, you know, like you look on your phone, you go on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and it's like the same thing. Yeah. like, where do I go? Like, where is happiness at right now? Like, I just need some of that. <laughs> Wait, are you, is it really mental health awareness week? Yeah, for men. Right, men's, this week? Yeah, oh, for men. Yeah, men's okay. mental health awareness week. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, <laughs> I have not been mentally healthy I this week. I was going to say, Melody, you're <laughs> celebrating the wrong yeah. way. <laughs> Guys, full disclosure, if I sound completely 
completely no <laughs> uh, I was gonna say dead inside I'm so happy now like I'm energized to be talking with you guys and <laughs> truly the only moments of joy I've had so far this week is talking with you guys now and when we recorded Wednesday otherwise Aww. I have been having this health insurance nightmare where I haven't been able to get my antidepressants refilled mm. so today I was on my third day of withdrawals um, from my medication and I couldn't get an emergency supply I couldn't get anyone to really help me out. I just kept getting like forwarded to different voicemails. It's just been crazy that it's like, it's heartless. I know normally I can get an emergency supply from a pharmacy, but uh, not this time. It took me walking to my pharmacy and having a full meltdown earlier today, crying (laughs) and begging. Did you tell them that it's pride month and they legally can't do that? Right. (laughs) I should have. I mean, it it really it it took me just humiliating myself <laughs> to and just be so vulnerable to cry to these like strangers to finally get three extra pills and now I'm finally like the SSRIs are like back in my system. So if I sound loopy, that's why. <laughs> and yeah. so it's men's mental hair. Okay. I would have been upset to know that if it was general. Yeah. yeah. I'm like I'm not celebrating right. <laughs> but men's mental health definitely needs awareness. I saw somebody tweet today that uh, all men who want to go into comedy should have to have some type of proof that they've received some level of therapy <laughs> before doing. <laughs> I agree. As all the all the creeps continue to be exposed and exposed over again, like Jeff Ross was Uh-oh. exposed years ago for having slept with a 15-year-old and now it's coming out again and people just like swept it under the rug the first time it's yeah that's part of why i I didn't go on the internet today i last night was reading about there's a lot of pedophilia within the comedy world that's been kind of out there but really bubbling up and exposed over this last week on top of all the protesting everything it's just like so much so much bad (laughs) didn't he play like in a show i think recently like on hulu we're like or yeah it was yeah. Yeah, and yeah. you, right? The show You on yep. Netflix. Yeah, he played a predator. Yeah, like pedophile. Yeah, and so like seeing the headline, I was like, like this must be a joke. Like I'm pretty sure I just saw the script like on an actual show with the same yeah. person. Like yeah, life imitates our imitated life in that case. Um, literally, I, it's like. Uh, I don't know. I'll get upset <laughs> um, because I'll read the tweets. Then I'll read the replies of all the men defending these people. Yeah. These yeah. like who come out of the woodwork. And if you think that's okay, there is something wrong with you too. Like yeah. all of you can go, all of you like get out. to the same place, just on the same <laughs> Island, get rid of you. Like well, we could put them all on it. Jeffrey Epstein's Island. Yes. I know. I I'm here for that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I'm going to need to practice a lot of self-love after being on Twitter for so long. Do you guys have any like like things you like to do that help just kind of like recharge you and make you feel like that kind of I got this moment, you know? Before Corona? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I do things like um, sometimes I'll power pose which I always feel dumb saying but like standing in front of a mirror taking deep breaths with like with my hands on my hips and just making eye contact with myself and just being like 
you got this. That's usually like if I'm feeling very stressed out or sometimes before like a big show that I'm stressed out about. Other times, because I journal in the mornings, if I'm noticed that I'm feeling like very negative about myself, I'll just turn my journaling into like a pep talk or be like, Me you too. got yeah, this, that. Carolyn. You're funny. You're great. You can you know, do what you set your mind to. Don't listen to the negative, you know, and that kind of thing will amp me up. Yeah, I do morning pages too. And sometimes we'll have to stop myself. And then it just turns into me writing over and over again, these like three mantras that I have. It's just yeah, like, yeah. you are smart and funny and worthy of success. Like yes. people like you like, <laughs> over and over and over, just repeating the same sentences. What about you? Yeah. Oh, um, For me, I think it's like, I love to listen to music. Like, I just, I have, like, this playlist on my phone and iTunes. It's called, literally, it's called You Got This. <laughs> and so yes. I literally just put it on shuffle. And, like, I just literally listen to it for 30 minutes. And I will just, like, sit with my eyes closed and just listen to the music. Like, listen to the lyrics and just remind myself, like, you got this. You're going to be okay. You know, you can figure it out. Or, like, you deserve to be loved. You deserve to be happy. You deserve to go after what you want. Like, you know, and it's like, oh, like, if no one else is going to do it for you, so you go out there and you do it for yourself, you know, so no one else can take it away from you. Like, I just, I end up, like, coaching myself through my music. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, that's kind of, like, my kind of pick-me-up for self-love. I've been going on dance walks <laughs> yes. um, because I have turned to music in quarantine actually a lot. I, for some reason, just stopped listening to music. I know that sounds crazy, but I would always listen to a podcast. Like I used mm-hmm. to just be such a music fan, a lot of different styles, but I I don't know. I used to see live music a lot. I That got replaced with going to comedy shows. I just felt like really... Like I wasn't attached to music in general anymore. So I've just been making playlists and my girlfriend doesn't like the same music as me and we're trapped in this apartment together. (laughs) And so I can't really like blast it and sing like I want to while she's here. So I'll put my headphones on and just dance walk around our blocks. (laughs) Just... Fully dancing, like I'll check my Fitbit after, and it's like, oh, that was that was some cardio, um, yes. <laughs> and just not caring what people are thinking because who cares at this point? Just really dancing alone on the streets. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, I feel like if I was walking with you, it would turn into like a literally party yes. on the street. Like, <laughs> you got you dancing on the street. You got me voguing right next to you, yes. you up. <laughs> it is actually kind of like voguing. Like it's kind of like um yeah in a ballroom type. Yes, dancing. Uh, yes. <laughs> amazing. Well, I want to know what are some songs on the you got this playlist. So there's this gospel song called Encourage Yourself. I like that song. I love NDRE, like especially like her older stuff. Um, So one of my favorite go-to songs is Strith, Courage, and Wisdom. Yeah. Off her first album. Um, I love that song. What's another good one? If I'm sad and it's kind of do with love, like I'll listen to like Ready for Love by her, which is like really good as well. I listen to Lauryn Hill. I was just going to say, that's who I go to. Yeah. Erica yeah. and Lauren. Uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, so those are some of, some of my go-tos. Of course, there's some Beyonce in there, too. You know, Ooh. like, I'm a grown woman. Like, I yes. listened to her new song that dropped today. Yeah, Black Parade. I told Allie, yeah, I was like, can you go in the bedroom? I'm going to listen to this at least 10 times in a row at full <laughs> volume. <laughs> and it was glorious. Uh-huh. Um 
Yeah, that actually, like, I've been dealing with this, like, not being on my antidepressants withdrawal stuff, but that helped me so much. Blasting Beyonce, and I got this at-home step machine. It's just, like, a small kind of, like, at-home Stairmaster, but no arm stuff, just the... Steps. Oh, just the actual one? Yeah. I see just, those, and I think I'm going to, like, fall over. Like, Yeah, you I, have to... It works your abs, I guess, because you need a good, like, center of balance and... Good. Like I don't know, I notice your core is tightened when you're up because you okay. have to balance. Uh, but yeah, that was dance walking on that too, <laughs> <laughs> to the new Beyonce song. Yeah, music can be very healing, and sometimes I, I'm like you, Melody, where I go through phases where I just find myself like listening to a lot of podcasts. And a lot of times it's like political podcasts and news podcasts, and it's just like really heavy and I'll notice that I'm just sitting there like I don't know like my face is tightening up because I'm just like very I don't know like worried about everything going on in the world and then I'll like make a switch from like okay no more podcasts right now just music and it changes everything I love that we're full adults and we're like you guys hear about this music stuff have you heard about music (laughs) I know you know it plays with this tiny little speaker in your ear yeah sometimes you move sometimes you you cry to it (laughs) I don't know yeah that's how absorbed in like the news cycle I've been I guess but I know you can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Gerald, what was your journey to self-love? Like, was there a time where you felt like you really didn't love yourself when uh, you were younger? 
Oof. How much time you got? Uh, <laughs> All the time. All the time uh, for you. Um, <laughs> honestly, there were two different times. I think the first time when I first came out to my parents, like coming into my, my you know, to myself as a gay man, you know, like there was a time where I really didn't feel accepted by my own community, by the black community, you know? Right. Um, so mm-hmm. then I kind of, I really ran to the gay community but then also I realized I wasn't seeing myself really reflect inside the gay community because it predominantly, like, well, not predominantly, but it's, it's catered toward or marketed more towards white gay men. Right. You know? And so, like, I would go to these pr- pretty much white spaces and I wouldn't see someone that looked like me. Or if I did, it was, it was almost like either now you're in a competition with this person <laughs> or you're looking at each other like, please save me. Like, if you need anything, I got you. Like, all of a sudden, you're like cousins. You know, you're play, like play cousins all of a sudden. Like, <laughs> we got each other. But then again, like, you would go so long without seeing another person of color. I also lived in like in a snow bunny state. This was like Minnesota. Then I moved to Washington, another snow bunny state. So, you know, oh, diversity wow, yeah. isn't really there in the queer community to begin with. But moving to Seattle, somehow like it was like a new fresh start for me as myself, as a black gay man. And yeah. I found myself just naturally being gravit, you know, like pulled towards other POC queer people. And I've learned a lot more about myself as a black man in Seattle just because, you know, there isn't a space for us, you know? And so I learned personally that try not to get too caught up that there isn't a space for you. Focus more on making room for you in those spaces, Make changing the root of those spaces so that it's not just a white space, but it's a space for all. You know, like, I'm no longer the person who's going to ask them to change the space. No, I'm the person now who's going to change the space. I'm going to show up, you know, at the bar that don't, you know, cater to people of color, like, to make it more inclusive for all. Like, I've definitely been more hands-on, and it's allowed myself to see myself differently and not feel guilty for loving myself, you know, not feeling guilty for putting what I need as a black gay man in the queer community first, since that Mm -hmm. space and that is not a priority within the queer community. You know, it's like we were talking about earlier about like so many white gay men not hearing about Juneteenth. Like it, it really didn't surprise me because so much of the queer community is based around non PLC PLC people. So It's time to educate, you know, it's time to wake people up and get people to know that there's more than just you on this damn earth. There are so many people and we need to start looking at everybody, not in groups, but everyone individually at that too. Like get rid of the boxes, get rid of the labels and start seeing people for people. And being in Seattle has really helped me want to fight the fight to make that change. I love that. That is so beautiful. I know. (laughs) Wow, I feel... I feel like I came to a motivational speech. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I felt that too. Being even in Chicago, which is a diverse city, it is really segregated too. I feel like a lot of the Midwestern cities are really segregated, especially the queer communities within them, and didn't really feel that sense of diversity and belonging until I moved to New York. So I don't know what my point is. I'm not trying to shit on the Midwest. Um, <laughs> There's room for improvement. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Is is Seattle more integrated feeling? 
Um, it's not. Because there's a lot of like gentrifying and a lot of yeah. disparity with all the, the tech companies and everything. The Amazon coin. Oh, yeah. And yeah. yeah. Like even the neighborhood, um, Capitol Hill isn't necessary. It's not really a neighborhood anymore. Like so many of the, of the queers have moved out because now a lot of the fresh college, you know, straight, you know, cis bros have moved into the area and... Um, so even that's not even the same, you know, which used to be like a beacon for the queer community and the Pacific Northwest. Like I have a, a few older gay men friends that are originally from Seattle and they literally they say, I don't like going out anymore because it's not the queer community that I grew up with in Seattle, you know, and mm. it kind of broke my heart. I was like, man. And then you hear all these stories of like, oh yeah, this shop used to be here and people used to go here for fun and it was like a family and you knew everyone. But it's still kind of progressive in the sense that they are aware that it's an issue. They're just simply not doing anything about the damn issue. I'm <laughs> like, oh, we see it. <laughs> it's there. Okay. Yeah. Next, next issue. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, that's something. Like, I feel like I'm definitely guilty of. We had a an episode about lesbian stereotypes with somebody who helps out this group called Dyke Bar Takeover. And where they have, because there are so few dyke bars left in the country, mm-hmm. they will go into a, a regular bar and kind of like take it over with a dyke night around the city. And it made I me realize that, that I've yeah. been sitting around being like, oh, it's a shame that all the gay bars are closing or it's a shame that this is happening or a shame. But then I'm like, what am I doing about mm. it? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's hard because, you know, one thing I've learned, especially doing now, is, like, everyone's not built for the front line. Like, everyone's not built to be, yes. like, the game changers, you know? Yeah. I, myself, am a supporting actor, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. even a supporting actor can get an Oscar. So I don't need to be the leading role, uh, <laughs> you I know? Love, even a supporting actor can get an Oscar. So you yeah. know, like, an Oscar's fabulous. an Oscar, <laughs> okay? <laughs> you know, but it's just about... You know, finding peace with, you know, however you find way to make change, you know, like how you mm-hmm. make change may different be than how I may make change. And it's not up to us to pit, you know, pit each other against each other. Like if you're doing for the better, that is all that matters at the end of the day. You know, just, you know, I just always encourage people to stay motivated, you know, to keep fighting for change, even though it gets exhausting as hell. Mm-hmm. And I just want to wake up and <laughs> it just be like euphoria and everything's fucking great. But, you know, yeah. don't think I'll ever wake up to that dream. <laughs> uh, yeah. Speaking of waking up, that's I feel like where a lot of my attention has been moving in terms of self-care. I feel like those first couple hours of the day are really crucial for to like setting the tone for the rest of my day, right? So I'm trying to incorporate a lot of that self-care that we all read about, like, you know, wake up and drink this amount of water, journal, set your intention. Like, I just lately roll over, pick up my phone, and then suddenly I'm still in bed, like, an hour and a half later, getting yeah. mad at some troll on the internet named, like, Adam3547Z. Like, <laughs> you know, like, just hate scrolling. And I'm just really starting my days off wrong, and then it just, like, snowballs into worst day ever. And I'll go to bed and be like, I'll try to do better tomorrow. And if I don't do those things in the morning, like... Like writing things that I'm like grateful for, like a short 
gratitude list. Carolyn and I love this thing called your best self journal, which yep. makes you do that. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, trying to like exercise in the morning, like anything I can do right in those first few hours, I feel like makes or breaks my day. I'm taking notes. I need to do that. <laughs> yeah. No, mornings, that's true. Like the the difference between, for me, a, a shitty day and a great day is what I do with my morning. When we talk about self-love, it also makes me think about self-hate and how it's like you can choose which one you feed yourself with. Mm -hmm. And I will find myself feeding myself with self-hate a lot of the time, and it doesn't really do anybody good. And it's like, why, why is it so hard to pick self-love sometimes, you know? And it's not even coming from, like, other people. Like, there's enough hate in this world coming at us for for being different in whatever way we're different. Why why do we like pile on more hate onto ourselves? Yeah. yeah. I was like I, I think it was like a song lyric that I recently heard. I think it was like Demi Lovato, like her her latest song that she came out. She's like, I'm good at giving love to someone else, but I'm a black belt when it comes to beating myself. You know, it's like, dang, like yeah. it's so true. Like I can easily be kind and say, You got this, or oh, you look great, oh that's a cute yeah. jacket, or I love your hair. He, easily say something nice to someone else but then when it comes to say those nice things to myself i'm like but do you really look good in that shirt like maybe you could lose a couple more pounds and all of a sudden you're like spiraling and you're like mm-hmm. i'm fucked up <laughs> you know <laughs> so it's, it's yeah. crazy how we have been conditioned you know especially being queer people like you know like not being able to truly love ourselves because we're constantly defending ourselves to other people that we forget to spend that energy and time on ourselves, you know? And Mm -hmm. I think it's time for us to start changing that narrative and, you know, start giving that energy back to ourselves. Oh, my God. Cue India RE. (laughs) Okay. Remember that song video? (laughs) Yeah. That actually was like, I, I really hated myself as a kid. Like, I was a very troubled youth and i remember that song came out when i was like maybe in middle school or like maybe going into like 13 14 um and that was my first like oh this is self-love like those lyrics to that song and i like rented that cd from the library and (laughs) just played that song over and over again i was like she's onto something like (laughs) she really was truly so i love that you said india re because i haven't thought about her in a while and that video song is the most robust self I was song. too young. And of course, like at that point, like I wasn't even out yet. But even the part where she was like, you know, even if I want to paint my toenails, like I want to paint my toenails too, you know? Yeah. I'm like, no, I would have gotten in trouble for painting my toenails. But it was just like, <laughs> yeah. I just loved yeah. how like just, you know, care, not carefree, but just more just like in love with herself, you know? I was just, I need more music like that. I like need yeah. more new music like that in my life. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Do you go to therapy? Um, so I did go to therapy when I was in Minneapolis. I have yet to find a therapist that like I've really connected with out here. Yeah, it's hard. I've also been looking for like a black woman or like a POC therapist. I, I was kind of seeing one. He was like this older straight man. He was like, I liked him because he was very direct, which is like I'm very direct. Like, Tell me where I'm fucked up at. T- 
tell me what I need to do. But at the same time, I don't mind a little pat in the back. Like, it's okay. You got this. You know, a little bit of softness in my therapy. Um, yeah. Which he lacked all the soft the softness. So I was just like, I found myself being a little too hard on myself. So I was like, you know what? This isn't going to work for me. So I'm actually on the hunt for a new therapist. It's like I, dating. Yeah, it really is. It honestly is. You know, you, you go, you meet up. And you're like, oh, at least I don't have to pay for this date, <laughs> you know? Actually, no, you do. Take um, <laughs> <Yeah>. it <laughs> <thinking> back. <laughs> but no, I'm a big fan of therapy. Like, uh, mental health is just number one. I'm a, I lacked a lot of self-love and confidence growing up. This is actually the first podcast outside of my own that I've ever been on. And I was like legit like afraid of going on here. And I was like, I hope the ladies like me. No, I'm gonna crash other podcasts and burn. are missing out. Other podcasts Seriously. are missing out by not having you on. We've been talking about you since Wednesday night. We love you so yeah. much. I mean, all three of you, but we're, we're excited yeah. that you're on. Yes. Uh, and we'll get the other guys on. I'm a big fan of therapy, honestly. Yeah. Like, Talk it out. I'd rather it be out than in. It's like a fart, you know. Just don't kill yourself. <laughs> Therapy. It's like a fart. <laughs> New tagline. Gotta let it out. <laughs> Better out than in. <laughs> Yeah, with therapy, and I talk a lot about this, but I, I'm in therapy like consistently for the first time uh, in in my whole life, and thanks to my wife's insurance that I'm lucky to be on, and I found that at first it made me realize how much self hate that I had, and it's like recognizing that and understanding why that exists and where it came from. Mm-hmm feels like the first step on the way to self-love. Not saying that I haven't had like self-love throughout my life at, at different points, but that there had been a lot of stuff that was holding me back and a lot of negativity. And in therapy, I spent my time trying to examine like, where did it come from? And is it based in something real or is it based in like fear, insecurity or like past trauma or or something like that? And it's like it's a lot of work and it's really rough. But I feel like, yeah, that that has really helped me recognize that that I had a problem with a lack of uh, self-love for a long time and that let me in past relationships be treated ways that I shouldn't have been treated. Like there's so many reasons why self-love is really important. I mean, there's that saying like, if you're not going to love yourself, who who's going to love you? Like you have to be able Ooh, to amen. love yourself. Right? Can I get an amen up amen. in here? RuPaul <laughs> says that every show. <laughs> I was going to say, I came up with it. <laughs> he says it at the end of every, <laughs> end of every episode of Drag Race. For a reason. RuPaul actually is really great at self-love. And a lot of it comes from meditation. He's like Mm. really Buddhist. Any interview you can, like any podcast probably, it comes up. His devotion to meditation and self-love, is uh, it's really good. I just started meditating and you can pick kind of like different themes. And there is one on self-esteem and it's about just kind of noticing when the negative thoughts try to take over or thwart whatever you're trying to do in your day (laughs) and just kind of like identifying it and noting it and being like, okay, that can stay to the side. But like, instead of just letting it come in and 
intrude. I don't know. And, and even something as simple as that of like recognizing mm-hmm. that through through meditation uh, and just doing like 10 minutes a day, I find has been uh, very helpful so far in the short time I've been doing it. I've always wanted to try meditation. Like, it's just hard <laughs> being on the West Coast because we're like three hours behind you guys. So when I wake up at 730, like your day is pretty much going. And so like... <laughs> The news is like in full force, you know. Yes. And I'm like, I never. I find that. myself like being a keyboard warrior at like 8 a.m. before my first cup of coffee, being like, "Who done done this now? Oh, you really think this?" And I'm like, "Dang, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> like the world has already started, girl. You're late. <laughs> Catch up. <Yeah. laughs> oh my god, that's how I am waking up on the East Coast. So I can't imagine <laughs> like <laughs> with a three hour lag. Like waking up out of pure FOMO and yeah. like running to my computer. <laughs> like honestly, like when we wake up, like the first thing, well, first thing my my fiance does is he'll like will go on you know like Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that and like look at the news and I'm like I can't do it I can't do it because I know there's always that one person on your timeline that just wants to just piss in your Cheerios mm-hmm. in the morning and I'm like nope not today I've been working on like trying to wait till noon. Before I let people trigger me, because <laughs> then once once the box is open, you can't close Pandora's boxes. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I need to make some rules around that. <laughs> no social media for the first two hours of the day. I was doing that for a long time. I was finally, man, like I was really on this whole 2020 is my year. Like I had a really rough 2019. I came in hot in 2020. <laughs> Things were looking up. Like I was getting a lot of opportunities. I was being very healthy. I was journaling every morning. I had like a lot of, you know, routines that were very helpful. And Momentum. Then, like, yeah. Ever since COVID, I've just totally regressed. I can't stick to any kind of plan I had before, but I'm, I can't beat myself up over this because, you know, this is a once in a lifetime pandemic. <laughs> like well, you're not supposed to know how to act. Right. And it's also <laughs> one of those things like we're all going through it too. So like, I feel a little guilty being like, Oh my God, my year is awful. Like it's not working out. And I'm like, wait, I think, I guess we're all got something yeah. in common this like, year. And I have like, my health, so <laughs> like, just You know, it's like, <laughs> but it's okay to throw yourself a pity party from here and there. You know, like, it's yeah. all right to be like, I don't like where I am right now, or I don't like this right now. But, you know, like, because yeah. how else are we going to know where we're going to go if we don't recognize and acknowledge where we are currently in the present? Yeah. Yeah. I kept saying at the beginning, I was like, I really need therapy, but you know, I'm just going to wait for this to be over because I really like to be in a room with someone. But now it's like, you have no idea when I'm ever going to be able to do that. So I think (laughs) I need to start dating some virtual therapists because I read a lot of self-help books, but they can only go so far. Like I need to have that regular weekly reminder and someone to bounce things off of instead of just this one-sided me taking everything in. And then usually, you know, forgetting some of the most important things that seem so profound as I read them. Like, I, yeah, I need therapy. Hi. 
<laughs> Cheryl, what you were saying made me think too, just like allowing yourself to feel your feelings and not beat yourself up for feeling them. Yeah. That's a form of self-love. Absolutely. Like recognizing that you're human and it's okay to be frustrated or feel things like shame or anger or pity, you know, those kind of things. Like it's okay to sit in them and try to understand where they're coming from and and feel them like they're they're there for a reason mm-hmm. and a lot of times i think our instincts is to be mad <laughs> at ourselves for <laughs> for feeling anything other than i i don't know feelings are yeah. so complicated yeah that's what my first <laughs> therapist that's why i love my first therapist so much cuz i'm i'm like I hate feelings. Like the girls will tell you, like I've learned four emotions or feelings in the last year. <laughs> Cause I don't do well with the gray. Like I'm a very black and white person. Like I'm okay. like logical. Yeah. And so like the podcast has helped me like think outside of the box. I'm like, okay, well maybe there's a little more to it. But the thing that like my, my first therapist really taught me was that like, you know, it's okay to feel your emotions, but the most important thing is what do you choose to do with them? You know, do you choose to allow your emotions to be a tool to help you or, or a weapon to hurt you? And it's recognizing Mm -hmm. that you have the choice to choose it if it's a tool or a weapon, not anyone else, Mm -hmm. you know, that accountability that comes behind it. And it's like, Ooh, Man, so I shouldn't be mad at him. I should be mad at myself. Got you. Okay. <laughs> My fault. <laughs> My bad. Did you have to sign some kind of release, by the way, when you ended therapy that was like, we can't be friends or contact each other? I did. Honestly. I had to, that is the most sad thing of having to end a relationship yeah. with a therapist. It was like divorce papers. Well, in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> like. it's, I don't know if it's like how normal it is for more like private practices but i got free therapy free weekly therapy at the ywca in chicago so part of their policy is once you're done you have to sign all these forms saying basically like we can't be in contact for 10 years and that made me so sad and i loved my therapist it was just that i was moving to new york and she said we couldn't keep up any kind of virtual communication like i really wanted to keep working with her i'd finally found someone who really got me and was really helping me out but you were not allowed to contact she was like what if you make it big and i want to come to one of your shows we were like both figuring it out she's like maybe i could talk to my boss (laughs) like like they're really legally not allowed to interact that feels crazy but it makes me really sad I think that depends yeah because like Cecilia her former therapist wants to like buy her art and will like text her to see what she's working on and stuff Maybe, like that. yeah, different right. policies for yeah. different yeah. places. And this is like... Yeah, because my therapist, Ashley, she said it was like codependency. She's had like, you know, other clients sure. who just become so dependent yeah. that, you know, they don't understand that this is a professional thing and it becomes too personal. Um, and yeah. I guess she said she had like someone like stalk her before. And I was like, I Ooh. won't stalk you. I, I do love you. But <laughs> I guess boundaries, learning about I guess. it. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> it's like, but you didn't get to teach me fully about yeah. them yet. <laughs> right? <laughs> I need you. <laughs> I need you so hard. <laughs> I also think self-love is really important too for being in relationships because I mm. think a, a pattern that's really easy to fall on is not loving yourself and hoping that someone else can do that for you. 
mm-hmm. and that can become like an unhealthy, maybe codependent type <laughs> type situation. Yeah, love that- addiction's a real thing. Absolutely. Yeah. I have a friend yeah. who is a big love addict and is just, you know, constantly in these very toxic relationships. She's in a healthy relationship now and she recognizes that she did have this pattern and she's working on herself and, you know, will recognize this. But for a while was constantly dating these women. They were like energy vampires, like emotional terrorists that were just, you know... tear her down and like I mean that's a celebration of growth I mean we all had like a past and we all have a story you know and you know some may be darker you know than others but I mean like I think it's great to you know to celebrate the truth of someone you know making out to the other side because some people don't you know like I'm sure we all know people who have like unfortunately taken the short way the way out and you know may have committed suicide or harmed themselves or something else have happened to them you know so let's make self-love addiction a thing heck yes okay <laughs> i'm here for it i Absolutely. don't know i know a lot of white guys in comedy that seem to have too much self-love <laughs> it's yeah. like true i feel like anyone i know who has like too much self-love is somebody who shouldn't i'm just like what why where did this come from you. I was <laughs> I was literally saying to my fiance the other day I was like sometimes I wish I was a straight man like you just you, you could just give all the all the fucks and be okay with life like you don't have to care about your body weight you know your looks right. or thinking about other people you can be selfish and it's like okay I'm like what you get to do that Ugh. I find myself like especially like now that I'm in my thirties like. I find myself gravitating to these conversations because since I'm, I don't have a therapist right now, like the only person yes. I really get to talk to is myself. <laughs> so I'm like <laughs> always looking at other people to talk about like hard stuff. Like let's cry together. Like I'm like, I need a good boohoo, you know, like I love about that. Yeah. Quarantine's the time for it. I'm having yeah. some real boohoo convos <laughs> with my friends. <laughs> I know. Available. I want to hear about <laughs> people's feelings. I want to hear about what, what people are struggling with. Cause it's, it, because I think it is so much easier to be positive and give that love to somebody else. Like my wife and I, we balance each other out so much. And in the moments where she's feeling like, oh, I'm I'm bad, I'm terrible. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're the best person I've like literally ever met in my entire life. And these are all the things I love about you. And then I'll be in one of my moods where I'm just like, I suck. I'm the worst. Why do I even bother? And then she's like, are you kidding me? Come on. And then it's just <laughs> like, you know, and if we could do that more with, with like our friends and our family, that would be huge. I should take my own advice. I feel like I need to do that to my mom. My mom, like so negative about herself always selling herself short on things. And I think she just like needs to hear from someone of like, Hey, you're actually pretty cool. Don't tell her I said that. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Dork. (laughs) I think that's why she likes Cecilia so much because my wife really is like to my mom. She's like, daddy, you're so cool. You're the coolest daddy. And my mom just like glows when Cecilia says that. (laughs) Quarantine has been interesting, like in terms of self-love, because there is so much that like we're just kind of forced to confront because there aren't as many distractions. Like there's a lot happening, obviously, in in the world, but I guess no escapes from it. You know, you're not going out to the bar, you're not going to shows, you're not looking for validation outside of your four walls. I mean, unless you're like in Florida. Yes. (laughs) 
Mm. Oh my God. Ugh, I'm so nervous. Like, I just want to go to Canada and at the rate that the U.S. is going, they're never going to let us cross the border again without quarantining. So now I'm like, maybe I do just go there for... Carolyn's been talking about going to Canada, Montreal every day in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. So yeah, that that's like the ultimate act of, of self-love, I think, is moving back to moving Canada. Moving to Canada. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, I've been like thinking a lot about just like quality of life and things like that. My wife and I are, are both Canadian citizens. Uh, I haven't lived there since I was a kid, but... Cecilia lived outside of Toronto and and I want to move to Montreal. So I'm like, oh, let's go. Let's go for like a week or two, spend some time there. But it's like if we want to go now, we have to quarantine for two weeks first and then we can explore. And then it's like, I don't I don't know what the state of things are there necessarily. If things are are open or not. Don't worry if I move to Montreal, we'll still do diking out. We can dike out from anywhere. That's what I've yeah. learned in quarantine. Uh, also trying to recruit Melody and Allie to move to Canada as well. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. At a certain point, yeah, like you said, we're going to be able to qualify as refugees just being Americans. Absolutely. Queers, the th- guys, we're, we could probably qualify. <laughs> <laughs> I think black people can definitely qualify. Oh, black people could definitely qualify for yeah refugee status anywhere from yeah, America at this point. Yeah, not to sound dramatic, but like when they're gassing people for exercising the First Amendment, like at what point is that not the UN sounding the the alarm? Yeah, yeah it was crazy when we were when the protesting after George Floyd like started happening in Seattle. We went the very first day and we were right there in the front where they like started tear gassing and the flash bombs mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. And my fiance actually was a refugee as a kid out in Kosovo um during the war yeah. for like I think it was three years that they were in okay. they were going through the war with Serbia. Mm-hmm. And so like he, yeah and he was just telling me he was like almost having like PTSD. Like he was just like this is just too familiar. And I like looked at him and I was just like it just kind of put everything in perspective. It was just like, wow, like you've already experienced this and this is like neck and neck, you know, they're like two peas in the paws at this point. And I was just like, this don't make any sense. Like, and this is supposed to be the country where everyone wants to come to the land of opportunity, you know, and freedom. And you're like, you get in these borderlines and you're like, ooh, actually, I think I might get that return ticket, you know, sooner than later. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. it's all marketing. It's all like... Cecilia's been like, um, America's a lie. And like telling her family that. She's like, it's not what we thought it was going to be. <laughs> Depressing. What a, self-love oh, is proving God. to be kind of a difficult topic yeah. right? in the middle of like oh, everything gosh. that's been happening lately. Because <laughs> it's like you talk about something nice and then like instantly you can just, you go back to the world oh, and everything but all is the all bad. Right. And you're like, bad. and here we are back to square one. <laughs> okay. Well, let's try to end this on positive notes by saying what what are some other things that that we do to show ourselves self-love and self-care is is a part of that. Well, one thing that I did this weekend on my vacation is I decided to put on a speedo, even though I don't like the way that I look. I said, F it. I'm going to wear this speedo anyway because I paid yes. for it and I'm going to get my money's worth. <laughs> and I don't care who eyeballs don't like it. you know. And that for me, that was like a, just a little bit of acceptance. Like, you know what? This is the body God gave me. That's all I got right now. And just 
owning it. Hell yeah. I'm going to the gay beach tomorrow and I have a bikini. I never wear it and I'm considering it because like at this yes. point, fuck it. Like everyone do it. has That's the quarantine beach to do body. It. Like, yeah, I, I don't care. Oh yeah. This, this gay beach is definitely the beach to do it. And it's like a topless beach too. So maybe Ooh. I can like, we'll see how much I love myself tomorrow. <laughs> maybe I'll do that. Give the twins um, some sun. <laughs> yes. We're all out. <laughs> One thing that I let myself do is to brag a little bit about my accomplishments, which is something that like normally I wouldn't do. But then sometimes I'm like really proud of something I did. Like when I put on a holiday show at Joe's Pub in December and that was like at a really crazy time. And, you know, I had just parted ways with my last co-host and a lot of things were up in the air, but I had already committed to putting on the show and put in so much work and was so stressed out leading up to it. And then after it was done, I felt so good and so happy with the way it turned out that I was like, fuck this. I'm going to brag about it on Facebook. Like I never post on Facebook and I don't care if the only times I do post is to toot my own horn, but like I'm proud of myself and it's okay to celebrate my wins. I like that. Okay now. Okay. Yeah. I have started meditating. I have a weird history of meditating. I used to get angry. I used to go to guided meditation classes in Chicago and cry and get really frustrated. Like it's very hard to be in my head and still that long. Mm -hmm. So I've been working on meditations. There's one guided meditation I do where you're literally supposed to stop and be like, I love you, Melody. And (laughs) say it to yourself and it feels silly. I'm trying to just like let go of any pretense, like just like, just go for it. Like who cares what anyone's thinking? I know Allie can hear me in the other room. Like who, you know, just say it to yourself. That's what I'm working on right now. Meditating. Yeah. Incorporating, (laughs) reincorporating that morning routine that I got when I was coming in on 2020 real hot. I'm trying to get back there. I need that mo- that that same energy that yeah. the beginning twenty twenty energy back too like right like yeah. Rona like she like knocked me down like fifteen flights of stairs it feels like I'm just like she Ugh. is ruthless don't I know it I, I would be okay having twenty nineteen back at this point like these last three months <laughs> I'm like you know what twenty nineteen I will go through the shit again <laughs> if I don't it have to. Feels do with like Rona. forever ago. Like impeachment. What that? What that? What it feels like right. ten years ago. Uh, anyway, yeah, we were like, let's end it on a positive note, and, and then, then like, here we're back guys. again. Impeachment, <laughs> corruption. <laughs> Just goes to show the importance of self love. It is some hard stuff to do. See, yeah, it, it is, is a challenge. Challenge yourself. Yes. And you know what, Melody? When you're talking about meditating, because as a Capricorn, I'm with you. Like I. It's extra hard for us. It's it's hard because it's are like you, it's are hard. You a Capricorn? I'm a Capricorn. <gasps> this is That's why it. mystery side. Yes. 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 <laughs> When's your birthday? January second. January first. Ah! Hey! December twenty eighth. Yes. I'm a double Capricorn. I have a Love it. Capricorn rising also, and my sun, and I'm a Virgo moon. So it's just like Earth. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. So too practical and rational, and that's why stuff like that feels like dumb. And meditating can feel it can feel very hard, and then also meditating is kind of hard, and it takes a, a while to get right. And literally every time I'm like, oh, I lost focus again. I don't even know when I lost, and then I beat myself up. But then I don't do that anymore. I'm just like, hey, I can just do this again tomorrow and try again. Like instead of being frustrated myself, I just think like, oh, well, next time, like there'll be another chance. To get this right, yeah, the that's the, perf- the perfectionists and Capricorns. You know, like we're just that's, I know we that's always just trying to be perfect and get everything done and move on to this. Who who did this to us? <laughs> like, yeah. who that. cries in a meditation class because I'm not nailing it on my first try? I was at this Kriya temple in Chicago, just bawling, and the goats had fault. to like leave the room. The teacher came up to me after and was like. This is you like she gave me books for free. She's like, calm down, read this. <laughs> like, <laughs> she tells really struggling with feeling like I needed to nail it. I do that at the gym. Like sometimes, like one of my things to do, like when I'm frustrated, is to like go and work out. Like to, again, mm-hmm. like that perfectionist to beat on myself, you know? Yeah. And like I literally would be like doing like some bench press, and I'm like. Tears are coming down my eyes, crying. And oh, I'm like, yeah. Oh, my God. I probably look insane and crazy. Like, might need to go. <laughs> I injure myself at the gym because I, like, feel like I need to do every set and rep that I set out to do. And also... I feel like there's a lot of men there and I feel like I need to prove myself to the point where I will oh. <laughs> I have multiple injuries from the last couple of years from going to the gym and being in like the weight section amongst men. <laughs> I can literally see you at the gym, like looking at someone being like, anything you can do, I can do better. Yes, seriously. <laughs> Everything is a competition. <laughs> Man, that's like yeah. the one part of my life where I could use a little bit more Capricorn spirit. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I'm good. I'm like, yeah. I'll do two reps. I'm like, that's fine. That's good enough. That's better than nothing. I guess we should probably get to our listener question. Yes. yes. Our listener question. Now, this one, from what I understand, was a little bit longer and we edited it down. It had some extraneous details. Yes. So... <laughs> Here's the spark notes. Um, This is from a listener who is still in high school, by the way. I came out to my parents and they're not supportive and won't let me see my girlfriend. They made me transfer schools and now I go to a Christian private school. They are very religious and they want me to get married to a man, but I don't want that. And my dad says he's kicking me out when I turn 18. It's been really hard seeing my girlfriend and I feel really bad for her because I feel like I'm putting her through a lot. I turn 18 in 10 months and I have a dancing career. I'm scared if I move out, my dance life will be over, and I want to dance after high school for my future job. I want to be a New York Rockette. I love it. Yes. Come on, high kicks. (laughs) Also, the Rockettes are all lesbians. It's like the gayest thing. They're just like hands around each other's waists doing high kicks. It's very gay. You know, it's my kind of energy. I'm here for it. You know, yes. like I see the yes. outfits. It's like, oh, girl, come on, sparkles. You better do that. Hair laid, yes. eyebrows done. I'm like, mm. so she's already half qualified being yeah. gay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm wondering, she's afraid if she can't have her dancing career if she gets kicked out because she needs that like security, like to live at home while she pursues the dance career. Is that it? It was a little bit confusing. I guess. I mean, you know, dance is kind of a, a pricey thing to do. Like, what do they call those places where you go dance? 
companies. <laughs> da- dance if I learned company. anything from to Center part, Stage. Okay, yeah, to be part of like... <laughs> a 1999 movie. <laughs> a dance company and take dance and do the classes and, and everything like that. Like, you do kind of have to depend on, on your parents a lot of times to, to pay for that. But once you're 18, I don't know. I don't think you need them anymore. And that's going to be their loss. That sounds like a like a not healthy place to be living. So when you're 18, I would see that as a big opportunity to to move out and dance. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I think there was quite a few things to unpack in that um, that question. Yeah. The first thing I would say is, you know, there are resources, especially for the LGBTQIA plus community. And I would say, you know, do your research on scholarships and different dance companies that offer those type of scholarships. And, you know, maybe think about, you know, making a plan as far as what kind of career you look like. What are some of the steps that you can start taking when you get to 18? The other thing I would say is, a lot of us in the queer community have had to learn what the term chosen family means. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's really where we all come to find out who we are and and our true acceptance and being our queer fabulousness that we have within us. And so I would say, you know, find some joy and some self-love and knowing that, you know, you have your future ahead of you and you get to determine the type of person that you want to be. And it sounds like you may have a family who is giving you the standard of what not to be. So mm-hmm. you have a template yes. that can help you be a better version than what you come from. And I would love to just hear a follow up, you know, in 10 months as far as right. what you do and what you decide. And, you know, there's a huge community out here and, you know, we welcome all of us. You know, so you're not alone. Yeah, you get to choose the kind of person you end up being and then the type of people you want to surround yourself with. If you move to really any city, there's always like an LGBT center with workshops and resources specifically for people who don't have their family to turn to. There's a ton of resources. You have 10 months to research, maybe get a job and save some money and prepare to carve out your chosen family. Yeah, you can definitely find a way. There are people who will love you and accept you for who you are. And it sounds like you already know, like you didn't want to go to the school. You don't want to marry a a man because that doesn't jive with your sexuality. So you're already like, 10 steps ahead of a lot of people there. Mm-hmm. So good for you in that. Plus you you know what you want to be. Like man, you you're doing better than you know. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out what I want to be. Same, right. okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, my girlfriend does stand up. Her act is pretty gay. She her merch is pretty gay and she'll go to colleges. It's a lot of college freshmen coming to these shows and she hands out these free like rainbow stickers and a lot of them will come out to her and confess that their family has completely rejected them they're scared they don't know what to do and she's like you can you know you can leave like you can go somewhere more accepting it's a lot of like more rural areas where they're not accepted and she says she can see like the realization wash over them like I didn't realize like you can go like Mm -hmm. you could put your stuff in a bag and go (laughs) 
Yeah. You don't have to stay there. And sometimes your family can come around. Sometimes they don't. But I know, you know, with an ex of mine, they moved to a completely different part of the country to get away from their family because it was just unhealthy relationships all around and her mom like really regrets how like the things she did or kicking them out of the house and that kind of stuff and has definitely changed her her tune and is trying to put in the work to save that relationship but you gotta you gotta be true to yourself and there are people out there who are who will want to help you and and see you succeed Yeah. And one thing, too, that especially within like the black community nowadays, we're trying to encourage, you know, like you don't owe your parents anything. They chose to bring you into the world. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. parenting is their job. It's their responsibility, like what they're supposed to do, you know, if, you know, you're lucky enough to have parents to do that. So don't get caught up in the guilt to be like, oh, it's my mom, it's my dad. I should be doing this or I should be doing this for them. No, it's the other way around. They should be loving you. They should be mm-hmm. doing for you because they are the parents and you are the child. It's not supposed to be the other way around when it comes to responsibility. Yes. So watch that kind of guilt because I've seen that be played uh, on, yeah. on young queer LGBTQ plus. For sure. Mm-hmm. Ugh, that's real for too many people in our community. Jarrell, mm-hmm. yeah. this has been a joy uh, thank you so much for diking out with us in the middle of your vacation. Hey, but did I do the okay? You know, you oh. it. <laughs> fabulous. Of course. Where can people follow you on social media? Yes. So I am on Instagram at jstuff with one f eighty eight. I mean, you can also follow me on Minority Report. That's M I N O R T E A Report on Instagram and Facebook, and then. Our again, our podcast Minority Report is on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, Pandora, wherever you screen, you you know, YouTube. you stream podcast. Yeah, yeah, you have um, a video element to it. Yes, yeah, yes. that was after our one year anniversary. We decided to do something different because we wanted mm-hmm. to. I do these things where I make these faces that I don't realize I make these faces, but they tend to be, I guess, kind of funny. And so <laughs> I have these looks, and so we decided to like really bring people even closer into the podcast by getting to see us on youtube so yes yeah thank you guys so much by the way for having me like honestly like love it Thank you for taking my podcast, Cherry. I really appreciate it that I shared it with you too. Like, honestly, this has been the highlight of my day. Like, ugh, I love this, honestly. And I'm on vacation. Like, seriously, yeah. it's been a great time. I love this so much. You are the best. You packed up equipment and took it with you on vacation to record this. And I love you I for it. Know. And I cannot wait for our episode of Minority Report to come out so I can replay the magic. And I will definitely be here on this. I cannot wait. Oh, my wait. gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was so much fun. It was so funny. It was so funny. Like, there was a, a chunk where everybody was talking about the Insecure season finale. <laughs> and that's a show that I'm tragically behind on. And had no idea what was going on. And they thought I was bored. I was like, I'm loving this conversation. I'm like, (laughs) you are just making me want to turn on HBO right now. You guys can follow us, you know, everywhere at Diking Out. Remember to get tickets for our Priding Out show June 25th at 8 p.m. Eastern. You can support us and get extra content on Patreon at patreon.com 
slash diking out. You can buy our merch on Etsy. You can follow me personally at TGI Carolyn. You can follow me at Melody Kamali. Thank you so much for diking out with us this week. Everybody happy pride and dike out with us next week. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Alexis Ohanian. You may know me as one of the co-founders of Reddit, but more recently, a large part of my identity is being a father to my two wonderful daughters. In my podcast, Business Dad, I'm hoping to open up the conversation about balancing careers and family. The one thing I constantly hear successful people say, without fail, is that they wish they'd spent more time with their kids. That's time no one can get back. So I decided to create Business Dad to engage in the conversation about how we're spending our time now, providing a forum for successful dads to share their joys and challenges of being a working parent. You'll get to hear from a wide range of business dads, from Rain Wilson and Guy Raz to Todd Carmichael and Shane Battier. And while this podcast will talk about business and will definitely be featuring dads, I think everyone can learn something from these incredible conversations as we unpack the expectations we all have about careers, relationships, and ourselves. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.